Chris. Welcome back. Oh, shit. You said my name. Shit. Do it again. We'll edit it in post. Ready? Chris! Skyler? Welcome back. It's good to be back. How's it been going? Uh, tremendous. Here, there, and not all so sorts g- of ways. Not so good in other, in other ways. facets. Yeah, yeah not bad. <laughs> um, so last time we talked, we were chock full of Avengers Endgame theories. Yeah, we were right about some and wrong yeah. about a lot more. But now we live in a completely different world in which we have seen said movie. <laughs> Po- the post Endgame era. Yeah, my nightmares are over. <laughs> and did now... you did you have another one? No, no, I didn't. Can we safely say that uh, it was definitely not Spider Man Three territory? No, <laughs> no, it was not. The nightmare is over, my friend. Yes. Now I just Thank daydream God. about this movie. I know. I've been thinking about it a lot, actually, and watching scenes on YouTube as much as I can. I need to go back to the theater and see it a second time. Haven't made it out yet, but yeah. I've just I've been thinking about it constantly for th- three weeks. I've seen it four times. Get on my level. <laughs> I told you that weekend I was going to get multiple showings. And how many did you get that weekend? Uh, I went Thursday, and then I bought a ticket Friday, <laughs> and then I went Saturday night at like eleven. Perfect. I pretty much was going to bed at like three or four a.m. each time. So you hit the trifecta in one weekend. Yeah. <laughs> you could say I'm a nerd. <laughs> I like, I, like to, I like to be entertained. What can I say? And entertained we were. Yes. I mean, it, what it is to me, I described it to my dad the other day because mm-hmm. um, I'm going to take him to see it, which will make it five. Uh, <laughs> Just keep going. Give when The Dark money. Knight came out, I saw that movie like five or six times. I, I told you uh, before we saw it that I couldn't think of another movie, not even Infinity War. Nothing had had me as hyped for a movie since the Dark Knight, then Avengers Endgame, and it a hundred percent delivered for me. It uh, over delivered, <laughs> like <laughs> too much I, delivery. I kind of let my expectations go down a little bit when I went to see it. Yeah, so I was like, I have some crazy theories and some crazy ideas. There's no way that they like do something that throws me off. And like the first twenty minutes, I was like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, should we say that we're going full blown spoilers? Yes. Whatever. I mean, <laughs> you l- go in, I let's, mean let's be fair. The movie's been out for a few weeks. Yeah. And it's already made two it, million it, dollars. It's, it's only three hundred million away from hitting Avatar. So wow. uh, I'm pretty sure if you haven't seen this movie, <laughs> then you wouldn't be listening to this. You thing. wouldn't be listening to yeah. us if you even found us. Anyways, <laughs> disingenuous is on Twitter now. So, anyways. <laughs> Um, I say we spoil the shit out of this and the best way to do that is to start at the very beginning. So I like to go through the movies. What we're going to do is we're going to go through basically from the start to the end because that way we don't want to miss anything. There's a lot to spoil. We're going to go through the movie. Don't worry. The podcast won't be three hours, but we're going to go through the movie. (laughs) Hopefully. Hopefully not. (laughs) Hey, it'll fly by if it's anything like the movie, but we'll go through each scene, each plot device, each thought we had because there's a lot. There's a lot of thoughts. Oh yeah, and we gotta get everything on record for and yeah. try not to leave anything out. Yeah, if you don't like cream pies, don't listen because we're gonna shoot thoughts all <laughs> over your face. 
God. There it I is. I don't I don't have a response to that. Yeah. Um I was hoping you wouldn't. So do you want to start off with general reaction where you would rank it and everything, or do you want to do that at the end? Uh let's save that for the end. All right. Because once you get all your thoughts out there, it, it changes your perception, believe it or not. Right. Like, I'm sure you already have a gut feeling about it, but once you say everything out loud, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I, I definitely had a strong gut feeling as soon as the credits rolled. And <laughs> Well, you turned to me, and you were like, dude, that was like a perfect movie. Those are the first words the, out of your mouth. The first two things I said to you were, were was that. It, it, it just felt perfect to me. Everything, like... At least the immediate reaction, there was so much fan service, so much catering to like, you know, whether you've read the comics or just been with the characters for 10 years, like a lot of people have, it just delivered in so many ways. Yeah. So that's why I I don't, you know, no movie's perfect, but that was my first immediate reaction was I'm just astounded. And then the second thing I said to you was just thinking it's the 22nd movie in the MCU, but to me, it's... Endgame is the best movie they've made. Yeah. By far. And and to preface, this is one of those times where when you say fan service, you're not saying that to defend a bad plot or no, to defend no, no. things. Like it was it's fan service like, done at like its peak. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, we, you know, again, Spider Man 3. Oh, this movie's not that great, but we threw in Venom at the end for you. Yeah. Here's That's Venom. That's fan service that didn't really do anything to, to the overall, you know. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the look away child. It's yeah. a bad movie, but look at this. <laughs> but hey, like, it's right. Venom. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's, yeah. And then you're like, wait, no, that's but... uh, Eric Foreman. No, it's not Venom. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, and the thing that's scary is the fan service is so good. Um, Cap had mentioned this, not Cap in the movie, but mm-hmm. Cap a, a podcast. The other Cap, yeah, the other right. Cap podcast regular said, it's not going to kill superhero movies, but like, where do you go from here? Yeah, I have to agree with that, but. You can't let that ruin other superhero movies for you. Oh, like, no, yeah, I know. It's just that the the hype level, it's... Like, for example, the next MCU movie is Spider-Man Far From Home, and the scale of that movie will not even touch Endgame. So to go in with those expectations is unrealistic. Yeah. So, But I guess you could take solace in knowing that this... that and Far From Home is actually the movie that's going to close out Phase 4? Phase three. Phase three. So phase three is going to close with Far From Home and actually not from Endgame. I thought that was really strange at first, but after seeing Endgame, I can see Far From Home being like an epilogue. I was about to say it's an epilogue. Of all, of all the thematic elements that have basically permeated the Infinity Saga. So I can see it being like the last chapter now. It just seemed weird. It's like you're not ending it with like the big movie. Yeah. It's the epilogue and uh, Age of Ultron was the prologue. Pretty much, basically. That movie looks so much better to people now because it alluded to so much that happened in Endgame. Well, what's funny is I was listening to a podcast. Um, I'll give them a shout. It was uh, John Campia show, and they were saying, I believe it was a John Campia show. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but they're basically stating that, wow, the movie that spoiled Endgame the most was <laughs> Age of Ultron. Right, I mean... And I happened to watch that the night before I saw... Endgame, you know the most obvious of which is Tony saying <laughs> the title of the movie in Age of Ultron, right? Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, the, a lot of the the elements from Age of Ultron, the overarching themes of that movie, paid off heavily in, in Endgame. That's one of the one of 
the top things that Endgame did was pay off some of those moments. And there, whenever Wanda had them see their visions of the future, yeah, those were accurate. They all came true. The Thor one they, came true with um, well the right where uh, Asgard exploded. Ruins, yeah, and they all most of them die. Like even Black, uh, Black Widow's was a flashback, so even if it didn't happen in the future, it already happened. Well, have you noticed that the hers was a flashback? Hey, that alludes to death. the possibility. Yeah, she didn't have a future, and the possibility of the plot of the Black Widow movie that is supposedly confirmed and is coming out soon. You got to think now for it's definitely going to be a prequel. And yeah. then, and then Tony's basically seeing what would happen if he didn't sacrifice himself. Yeah, and Cap got his dance with Peggy. Yeah, which we'll get into. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so let's start with the movie because we could go on and on about all the other. Right. Shits and gigs. Um, but I'm going to start with I was right. <laughs> because I said this movie is going to open with Hawkeye's family disappearing to get you even more on his level. And there's not opening credits. There's not <laughs> like a logo. The screen just opens with a bow and arrow. And I'm like, I fucking knew it. You're like, oh, God damn it. Fucking like, knew it's, it. It's exactly what we thought. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like it just gets you. You're like, oh man, we're doing this, and but, the shaky cam, yeah, and the way they shot it, it they pulled it off so perfectly good. to what you had said about Hawkeye being the most relatable Avenger. They, you know, even with the shaky cam, like the human perspective, you know, of Hawkeye being the most depowered Avenger, the most, you know, the closest thing to the real guy. And they showed how it affected him personally, the way they shot it, the way he reacted and everything was perfectly conveyed what you're supposed to feel like if you're in that world. Right. And I've seen it four times. (laughs) There are parts of this movie that you'll come to realize that get absurd fan reactions. Yeah. For some reason, people know what's coming. Like, you know, his family is going to get. Oh, yeah. But the second you see his daughter dusted for the first time, the whole crowd's like, oh. I know that was it's so crazy. strange because it was a thing that um you obviously predicted and it could be it could be inferred from what they had shown us before the movie but it still elicited that reaction from yeah. a lot of people so you know that they did it right. Yeah. It was just it was so perfect and it's and the thing that threw me off though like um as soon as it cut it cuts to black after you hear like the thunder when you realize like he can't <laughs> find his family anywhere. Right. And it shows, starts showing the Marvel logo, and they start playing a song on it. Yeah, and I was like, "Interesting. This is not what I expected." I was thinking about that um, because, again, I've only seen it the one time so far. But what was the uh, song that was playing that ended up being on <coughs> start on the Guardian ship with uh, Tony and Nebula? I don't know. I, I gotta look it up. But uh, it was just weird because, like, whenever it, I used to, I used to sit around and think like. When this movie opens, what kind of music, what kind of tone are they doing? Yeah. But it just, I don't know, it was just the perfect segue to jump into the Guardian ship. Because, you know, they've always kind of opened with that kind of music. And it kind of begs the thought, how many songs on uh, Star-Lord's Zune did Nebula and uh, Tony listen to? That would be that would be which, which is just a great idea in general. Spotify playlist idea. Somebody make the playlist of the uh, Stark and Nebula trek to nowhere. <laughs> I want to know every tr- track on the 300 song Zune. And uh, I just looked up real quick. It's uh, Traffic's Dear Mr. Fantasy. 
Yes. Which now that I read that, I totally remember. I, I couldn't remember what it was, but that's uh, you know, again, perfect use of uh, the old the <sighs> old music, the soundtrack that the Zune. Yeah. Such good memories. Speaking of Tony and Nebula, how do you feel about how they're? I don't want to say intimate moments because I feel like that, you know, elicits a, a like a some sort of relationship between them, which they kind of have. But like their moments together, where it's just the two of them, they're the completely different beings, and how they have to basically band together to survive. Like, how there, do you feel there, about that? There are dynamic? things though that I've thought about it more. Her and Stark have some similarities. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're both despite their faults and despite having clear physical issues. I mean, Tony's Tony's built a little more artificially too. Yeah. Uh, but they're both super cocky, can be very hard to get along with, mm-hmm. but both have equally as much heart, I would say. Like, and they're both down. Like, they both lost people. Yeah. And so they're both feeling vulnerable. And I think, I don't know, I had never thought about it, but... If you've got two people that are going to relate to each other, I guess Tony Nebula does make sense. Well, they kind of expanded on that too with, I, I think it was more of a, maybe not closer connection because they spent less time together, but a scene that really took me, and I know I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but it relates to Tony Nebula. How dare you? A scene that um, kind of caught me off guard that I wasn't expecting to see was later in the movie when they're all trying to retrieve the stones the team that goes to Morag to get the uh, the Power Stone are Nebula and War Machine. And they're talking for a minute, you know, before they're trying to get the stone. And you realize, even though it's not exactly similar, uh, similar, sorry, uh, War Machine, has he's obviously been crippled in battle. So he's, like, not really part machine, but he has that same kind of aspect to his character. So they threw together like two characters in War Machine and Nebula that were incredibly similar and had faced the same kind of hardships without you ever realizing it. Like that's a yeah. pair of characters that I didn't expect to have any sort of relationship and it really caught me off guard and I think that was well done. Now granted Nebulas are pretty extreme. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, no, but I, they kind of yeah. have faced the same Sort of thing. I know. Yeah, it's, they, they put her with specific start... people. Yeah. Tony, um, War Machine. Like, even Rocket just, a little Even bit. Rocket. Like, it just... It's crazy how well they paired people up. And like, yeah. I gotta say, though, while we're on Nebula 2 right now, is... I don't know if you can really consider her underrated now after Endgame, but Karen Gillan is just phenomenal as this character. She yeah. got so much more screen time. I saw a chart of like how much screen time each character had in Endgame, and it was it was you know the usual suspects of Tony and Thor, Captain America. Nebula is up there. She played, and yeah, there's two different versions of her in this movie, but she gets a lot of screen time. And she, and Karen Gillan has done a fantastic job making you care about a cyborg assassin who basically wants to kill everybody to you know gain a little bit more humanity, which she didn't really have in the first place. And I think she did a tremendous job in Endgame of paying off like her whole arc that started in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I mean, she just... I don't want to say... Like, sometimes in the Guardians movies, I thought she would oversell it sometimes and be a little a little intense. Yeah. But then um, the Russos have this 
unique talent of getting everybody to do the the best thing. Yeah, what you're good at. Yeah, that's they, what I'm trying to say. Pull, that was a terrible way out. for me to say that. Yeah, but they pull out what you do best, right? Right. Hemsworth can be really dramatic, and then he can also be Hemsworth, really funny. He balances it, and they so bring well. all that out. Um, Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. And they just they knew how to bring out the best in Nebula. And Endgame, she might be, I mean, she's the obvious character highlight for Endgame. And yeah. if you had asked me going sure. in, I would not have told you that Nebula would be a highlight of Endgame. But she, I wouldn't have told you that. Which is another great thing about this movie. She was fantastic in it, and Karen Gillan like honestly pulls it off so well. She just think of her in the first Guardians, where you can even say like overacting or like being just like super villain, like embodied to this character that you, <laughs> you you if you give a shit about what happens to them then you know that they're doing a good job the actor's doing a good job right and even it's more obvious but karen gillen is scottish right yeah. and she has she's a scottish redhead so for her to make the physical transformation with the makeup and everything and the voice transformation and then to convey that like that character is the complete opposite of who she is and I was just astounded. Oh yeah, like, go, go watch Jumanji. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I have more points I want to make about Nebula, but I'm going to save them because they're going to be more related to the plot that we yeah. keep, that we keep. Uh, yeah, let's keep going, going deeper into. But yeah, her and Tony, phenomenal. I love whenever she sets him in that seat when he falls asleep. She gets him a little more comfortable, and you can tell she really feels for him. She knows he's going through the same exact things as she is. It bears mentioning too, real quick, that Tony. And her playing the uh, game of paper football, like even her winning that game is like to him, it's just like, yeah, whatever. Like we're passing the time, but she finally gets, she finally gets to win. She finally gets a victory. And it's a small (laughs) moment that is really important. If you've paid attention to her character, especially in guardians of the galaxy volume two. Yeah. So it's nice that they put that in there. One last quick call out on the ship before we move on. Those trailers hid him being so skinny. I don't know how they did that. CGI the benefits of my like the second technology. the scene starts and he's recording and I'm like holy shit yeah well I they... didn't really notice it oh I noticed until, it immediately until he got back I, I'm trying to remember until he got back to the Avengers compound yeah when they got back and he was full skinny I was like this movie's going hardcore yeah <laughs> and he got him um, and that that's the next plot point I want to talk about is so Captain Marvel shows up Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen Captain Marvel and you've seen the after credits, you know, I like that they didn't elaborate or dive into exposition. She's just there. Like, yeah. She's, that's with fine. Them. Uh, she's part they, of the team now. they hit the buzz. They hit the beeper. She showed up, you know, makes sense. So she goes and she gets Tony, mm-hmm. brings him back, brings Tony and Nebula back. Um, and they're in there kind of, it had been what, like 20 some days since they, they said like three, yeah, 21, it was like three weeks, a month or something. Yeah. Like that. yeah. So we're, we're still like, we've had some time, like a little bit of time, Yeah. but it, it's even taken them that long to figure out did this really happen? You know, that they're still, still wrapping their heads around it. Yeah. So they're trying to figure out where Thanos is. And at that point you see the Tony and cap drama come back from civil war finally, which mm-hmm. I expected to see in Infinity War, which is one reason why when that movie ended, I was kind of like, 
I felt the incompleteness because I, I, I've Cap been and Tony didn't even yeah, meet because yeah. I've been waiting for some sort of resolution to it. Mm-hmm. But they handled it a lot like you would see in the adult world. There's no resolution. There's just you know your 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 longtime friends and employees, but you've got this dirt and it's always going to kind of cause some tension because the second that uh, Cap asked Tony about you know how you fought him, yeah, and Tony's like I didn't fight him. Well, yeah, because Cap's Cap's all ready to go. He's yeah. like, we have a, a semi plan to go get Thanos. Let's go get him. He's still all all for it. And Tony has just been broken in half by Thanos. Yeah, he's like, and I didn't. Cap fight him. doesn't realize that. He wiped my ass with a planet, and then he took away. He took the store. Or he said something yeah. like that. Um. So he like at that point, you can tell Tony's frustrated. And I'm sure he's had enough of the cap. Yeah, and he he's out of the Avengers shit. at that point. Yeah. He's done with it. So, and that's whenever he kind of gets in Cap's face, and he's like, "I got nothing for you. I got no coordinates, no yeah. trust." And he like, calls him a liar. And you could the the nice subtle thing that Chris Evans does in that is he owns up to the mistakes he's made, and he doesn't fight Tony. Yeah, he just I mean, lets him vent. There's nothing to be gained yeah, there, from that. There's nothing to be gained, and that's just another part of Cap's character. Is you watch Avengers one. And he's just going back and forth with Tony, just fighting with him. Yeah. But his character's grown so much, he knows Tony as a person. He knows what they've gone through. That he just sits there and he goes, he just he just lets Tony give it to him. Like yeah, he just takes it. No matter what Cap went through at the end of Infinity War, being with the Avengers in Wakanda, he knows Tony has gotten the the short, you know, the short end of the stick. Being he knows they both stranded up. for yeah, and he he knows not to push that button because. Tony is is very obviously broken by the experience. Yeah. So that's where Tony collapses. Um, they then decide to go to find Thanos themselves. Um, I'm going to start skipping ahead a little more because there's there's just so much. There is yeah we could, so we could go on about so they, so they end up scene. they end up on the planet right. And like I said, there's a going into this movie. I was like, I don't, I, I'm going to keep my expectations level headed. They're not going to do anything that's going to catch me crazy, off guard. Yeah. No, this is where they do because they go in to find Thanos farming. Uh, by the <laughs> He's way, just trying to make some breakfast. Totally looked like a Shrek moment there, <laughs> just cooking in a shack. Get out of the moss swamp. Just waiting for Donkey to show up, <laughs> and uh, it almost makes you feel bad for him. He's just cooking his dinner, just collecting his dinner and cooking or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they get there and they find that the gauntlet doesn't have the stones in it. And you find out that he almost killed himself doing another snap to destroy the stones, basically reduce them to atoms. Yeah. Um, so he, I wonder if he knew at the time that they'd be able to track the power surge of using the stones again. He knew because, people would be coming for him inevitably. Yeah. So as soon as he destroys the stones, he knows that they're going to come for him and and basically kill him for it because you would think at least. So yeah, he's got to know that he has to sacrifice the stones so no one can undo what he's done. So they find out the stones are gone. Mm-hmm. At this point, Thor, <laughs> if you know everything Thor has been through, through, I don't know, since dark world all the way through infinity war, you know, he's lost a lot. Yeah. He made the royal fuck-up of the century. Uh, didn't go for the head. So at this point, when he knows the stones are gone, you can imagine frustration takes over. And what does he do? He just chops Thanos' fucking head off. Yeah. 
no matter how weakened Thanos is or how humble he is now, Thor gets a second chance to right his wrong and takes it. Yeah. And, and that was shocking. Yeah, like he chops his head scared. off, and that's where I was like, my prediction that Thanos could die early in this movie, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> didn't think it was that early. <laughs> so this is so this is something I didn't expect. I was I was so pumped when like it started going this direction. I was like, all right, this is crazy. It yeah, it was very and, uh, yeah, not out of left field, but sh- but shocking that the main villain of the movie was dead within the first fifteen or twenty minutes. And one of the first great callbacks is when Rocket goes, "What'd you do?" And Thor's like, "I went for the head," <laughs> and that should be a sign to you right there. That this movie is so self-aware and full of callbacks, yeah. Um, so that's when the next shocking thing happens is as they're walking out of Thanos' shack, it cuts to black, and it very slowly. An- another thing that was hinted at and came true, yeah, and but was still shocking that they actually did it. it was the five years later. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, it's It's crazy how your theories still shock you. <laughs> Well, yeah, because there's a lot you can infer about the movie, but when it actually happens in the movie, you're like, oh, shit, they're do- actually doing that. Like, a lot of time has passed, and how is that going to affect all the characters? Yeah. And we'll I just love that, that out. none of this is confirmed, like, through anything. It just happens. Like, there, like the trailers didn't say there was a time jump. The Russos never said there was a time jump. Mm-hmm. Like, it just comes out of left field, and it's awesome. So, um, how do you think that affects the MCU going forward. It's just, everything is going to be five years in the future. Like nothing, nothing else has happened in the five years. That's going to like come to light in the future. You think? I don't know. That's why I'm, I mean, I guess we'll have to find out. That's why I'm the one that just gets to enjoy whatever else they do. That's true. They've just given them, they've given themselves. That's the thing is you won't get stagnant. They've given themselves so many creative opportunities and like, yeah, you still haven't really explored uh, space and the celestial beings and all that stuff yet yeah. too. So there's a lot of uh, avenues you can go down with this still. Marvel is so good at closing doors and then opening two more. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, it's crazy. So yeah, the, so the, the time jump, I, I think it's going to have a fun effect. Um, um, but that brings us to the first thing you see after the five years later is, uh, Steve Rogers hosting a support group. Yeah. Um, and that's where I had, <laughs> I had a fun fan theory whenever I saw the Super Bowl trailer and he was hosting that support group. What's that? I'm a big fan of, um, Punisher on Netflix. Yeah. And one big thing was there was a support group in Punisher. Right. That's right. So I remember thinking like, what if you were going around the room and people were telling their, uh, their stories and you just see, it would have been nice if I know there's like, 60 characters or whatever or main characters in this whole franchise that have been in a lot of the movies but it would have been nice if they had integrated even like agents of shield or daredevil luke cage jessica they integrated someone from uh agent carter that is that is true and that was a great moment and and i can't believe that's the first character from any tv show they've integrated right because well it's a contract thing like it's not like they're deciding hey we're not putting him in there yeah i don't think they can for certain ones. I love seeing Jarvis in that one scene. It was because as you know, a fan of agent Carter and having watched that show, he was, uh, James, uh, Darcy was great in it. And I'm just glad they finally integrated someone from the TV shows because they should have been a long time ago. And it would have been nice. Even if 
it would have been hard to explain. Although there's a five-year time jump, so it would have been hard to explain the heroes coming into the end battle. But it would have been nice if they went around the room and you saw Matt Murdock and Frank Castle and whoever else wasn't, you know, snapped away. Yeah. If they had made the ca- those cameos in that scene, it would have been a nice callback. But I understand why they couldn't have done that. Yeah. It was just like a fun fan theory where I'm like, well. I would have loved to see that happen. Nifty. Yeah. I, Even I, if they didn't fight in the movie. Yeah. Like just, just, that. just that one scene, it would have been nice to see them. Because, I mean the logistics of including those characters that basically no one in the movie knows it, it kind of, it, I mean, I guess you could suspend your disbelief for a little bit, but, uh, it would have, it would have been nice to see them in some capacity. Yeah. Um, so moving on, there's a support (laughs) group. Pretty cool. Uh, one of my favorite Easter eggs in the movie, which I mentioned in my other cast episode was, uh, director Joe Russo. Yeah, it's in there. He's played a part in a couple of the movies. He's, he was in a Winter. Was he in? He might have been in all of their movies except Infinity War. I think so. He was in Winter Soldier and Civil War. He was also. I, I was watching Arrested Development the other day. He's on their boat <laughs> for an episode. In the That's great. In the first episode or in just a no, 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 just a random episode. I think I it was whenever, forget that they did a rest. I think it was never. It was uh, when maybe was like a producer, and he's on the boat as <laughs> oh, part, yeah. part of a crew. <laughs> yeah, it was a cool little cameo, yeah. and uh, it was cool that they. Uh, if you look again, and that I think he's he's the bald guy in the scene. The uh, creator of Thanos, Jim Starlin, was also in that scene, which was pretty cool. Yeah, I I, uh, I read about that later on. They can catch that. That's pretty sweet. Uh, and this, <clears throat> so from this scene, we cut to one that uh, is of hot, hot debate. Yeah, I, yeah, I would say so. If you want to talk about, if you it, really nitpick, yeah, we call it the rat. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if after the uh, the support group, we see uh, somebody's old uh, van in the. Uh, what is that storage unit yeah yeah in some like california storage unit <laughs> yeah and a rat walks across the machine and suddenly ant-man pops out of the quantum yeah realm. and somehow accidentally tiptoes on the right uh buttons to open the portal back up and he comes out and i can only think of dr strange in infinity war seeing all the possible futures the 14 million five and the one where they are victorious starts with the rat running over the goddamn machine and that's how it starts like that's like for that to be the ignition to the rest of the plot is just it's just kind of funny it is funny but here's why i'm okay with it <laughs> although now i'm thinking about how funny it would be if shit we're in the reality where the rat doesn't walk across we did everything right except for the rat wasn't in this yeah this, everything uh, went right possibility except that. yeah no but like in life in sports and anything sometimes the ball just rolls your way <laughs> um and sometimes can, can you just can the can the heroes just have luck once? That I mean, yeah, that was pure luck. Like, and... <laughs> like who like who cares? Like that's life. Like people <laughs> like to think like I hate it when luck happens in movies. Well, I mean, luck is a very realistic thing. Like it yeah. happens, and it's not like the rat like stepped on like four, five, three, two, like a bunch of numbers. It just landed and stepped on a couple things. And by the way, it took the rat five years. Like it's not like yeah. two months later a rat stumbles on and it lets him out. 
It took yeah. it took five years for something to cause him to get out of there. So Scott finally gets out of the quantum realm where he's experienced only five hours passage of time and awakens to a world that is completely wrecked. So thankfully, the first thing he does is go to the vendor's compound where... Well, no, that's, to- not, that's not the first thing he does. First oh, yeah. thing this You're guy right. Does. I skipped over that. It was a super powerful scene when he goes... Because this is... Usually, like, extras and movies sometimes can really take you out of it. But whatever kid they had do this scene was phenomenal. But Scott's basically walking through a neighborhood with trash and stuff everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he's just super fucking confused. I mean, how could you not be? You're like, okay, so... What the hell's going on, right? I spent five hours in the quantum realm. I come and, out. And the world went to shit. And the world went to shit. Um, so he sees a kid riding his bike, and he's like, hey, kid... You know, what the hell happened here? And the kid just has, like, Like, such a sad face. Like, why would you ask me that? (laughs) The kid just looks at him super sad, like, wipes his nose, and then just bikes away. And it was perfect. It was so perfect. They didn't have the kid say a cheesy line. He didn't oversell it. I just want to give a shout-out to that kid (laughs) because he made things seem so sad. Yeah. Um, So then he goes to a monument where they have all the vanishing names on there, which I thought was cool. Right. did that. Um, it's just making this more real. Uh, and so he goes there looking for Cassie's name. He's like, please, please, God. please don't be Cassie. Yeah. Please don't be Cassie. Um, and then he sees his own name and realizes that <laughs> he's been gone for five maybe years. Maybe more time has passed than, uh, five yeah. hours. And he really gets a dose of that whenever he goes to his front door and he sees his daughter, his aged five years, which she looked like she aged a little more than five years, but yeah, but neither here nor there. It was still a super powerful scene whenever she sees him. Absolutely. Yeah, and he realizes that's Cassie. Uh, that's kind of weird, though. She gets to have her dad longer in her life now. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, if you think about it. I wonder if um, making her older, too, maybe gives her a future in, in it the future movies of being a costume hero. Because I want to say that uh, there's, a, there's a character somewhere that uh, is Scott's daughter that becomes a hero in the comics so you could get an older cassie and that's why they aged her to uh closing doors opening too absolutely yeah so um so after we see we meet up with scott again we see mm -hmm. how the snap has affected the surviving characters and the passage passage of time especially we, we saw cap is just trying to keep fighting the good fight with the sport group but uh the big the big thing that they went with in this movie that I really enjoyed was giving Natasha a lot to do post snap. She is basically the Avengers. She's, she's running she's running the show. If Cap is trying to keep up the, like the moral like trying to keep, you know, a high high morale going, Nat is actually trying to keep the Avengers going with all the outposts of Wakanda and Captain Marvel in space and the guardians just trying and with comic and accurate it. hair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a pleasant surprise too. Actually. Yeah. It's kind of cool, but, uh, had to shout that out real quick. I love that. And I want to say too, like I said about Karen Gillan too, um, obviously Robert Downey Jr. And Chris Evans, and even like the big four dudes like Hemsworth and Ruffalo have been great in these movies. Scarlett Johansson has held down, the Black Widow role for 10 years almost. And she has done a phenomenal job evolving that character from basically 
the side Avenger to one of the most important characters in the MCU. And to give her, like, the role of basically the leader of the Avengers, like, in the post-snap world was really awesome because she she has nothing left at this point and for her to like take up that mantle from whoever was the leader before if it was really cap or whatever and try to keep going and trying to protect the people that are left is just a really good fulfillment of her character from like what she was as an assassin and just like a cold-blooded killer to like really caring about the rest of the people in the world and trying to maintain that peace as much as she can. Yeah. Yeah. Black Widow, again, another MVP of, of Endgame, and just solidifying her as an MVP of the MCU in general. She, she, yeah. She's Scarlett Johansson has really owned that role for the entirety of the MCU and the evolution of that character has been really good to see, especially in, in with the payoff in Endgame. Much like Nebula, the more I want to continue about her, the more I'm like, ah, gotta wait for that part in the plot because there's absolutely yeah absolutely that's what i love is like (laughs) characters like her nebula have so much to do in this movie like they they honor every character it's crazy i think if i remember right when we were talking before we saw the movie excuse me that uh i really like that they intentionally kept the original six avengers alive to have more to do in endgame and they really delivered on that especially with um, because all the original Avengers get something great to do in this movie. Oh yeah, you have if we can go through them right now. Right now, you have Cap, you know, trying to just soldier on. You have Nat with the Avengers. You have Iron Man finally making a life for himself outside of the Avengers. You have the Hulk finally balancing between Banner and Hulk, which was which the passage of time helps in like, you don't really see it, but he's worked on it. And then, um, you got Hawkeye going full badass. Hawkeye gets such a great role in this movie from going to, you know, the normal guy at the beginning to just being like, you feel his pathos, like throughout the whole movie of him losing his family and just going rogue and trying to weed out the rest of the threats that the world faces. And then, the most emotional of the six of the original six Avengers that where he got a lot to do in this movie was Thor just basically breaking, breaking down until he doesn't really know what to do anymore. And you see that when uh, Hulk and rocket go to visit him. I have a lot to say about Thor all get, positive. Don't worry. Yeah. Um, we get on to Thor and we'll get it. We'll get into there in a moment, but I do want to touch on one thing because uh, moving on to the plot, the next thing I want to discuss was, was Tony. Uh, now that we're, we're kind of that we're, we're catching up after the five years, right? But it's it's I think the movie really addresses how these characters react differently to the events in the time passage. Mm-hmm. Cap's having a hard time; he's having support groups, but he's doing what Cap would do. He's a leader. He is, tries to provide support. He's out there for the people. Yeah, it's what you would expect expect Steve Rogers to do. Uh, Black Widow, the way her character's developed, she's running. The Avengers. Yeah. It's it's for all intents and purposes, yeah. she is. She's the Avengers. She's the Avengers. It's 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 what her character should be and I'm so thankful is doing. Yeah. Hawkeye. Hawkeye just He's addressing revenge. his dark uh, his dark side, he wants revenge. He and after you watch that op- if you after that opening you're like, Hell yeah. Well yeah. It, yeah it's, it's understandable. Yeah, absolutely. it's understandable. Because and, he basically says to the one guy that they show him kill that everyone else got Thanos for death and 
he gets Hawkeye. Yeah. Like they're Ronan. He, he doesn't understand why his, all his whole family died when there's still evil people in the world. And he's that justice. Right. So, I mean, yeah, and that's what they are. And then, you know, there's the banner thing. But the one person who actually took it well was Tony. Yeah, like, absolutely. Which I found interesting. It's they're all at different points. Some of them are struggling. But Tony got everything he ever wanted after all this. Um, and you and Pepper are married. They have a child, mm-hmm. Morgan Stark. Um, By the way, the kid who played her was great. I thought that she was cute. The, um, That's another... Just real quick, like a little strength of the MCU, but just casting in general. But the, even their kid actors, they yeah. they're on point with. You can botch that. You could botch. Oh, that absolutely. Movie. That's that, the one thing. I, there's I, a lot of movies with horrific child actors. I liked Aquaman, but they have this teenager actor in the Aquaman movie that like oh, yeah. just sends chills up my spine. <sighs> but yeah, uh, MCU gets that right, <laughs> thankfully. Yeah. So it was nice to it was it it was cool to see Tony's life change in a certain way, um, but yeah, the next one that we wanted to talk a lot about that changed a lot. I mean, we touched on Hulk a little bit. There's a great scene with Hulk where he's you know now got Banner's voice and smarts, but he's big <laughs> like the Hulk. He's and, basically uh, a celebrity at this yeah, point. He's basically a celebrity, and he knows it, and so he's kind of treated this time as his time to shine. Well, now. yeah, because people hated him for so long, right? And now he's dabbing he's and taking yeah. selfies. He finally has some admiration. He's going to yeah. take it. Yeah. And, and and I think that's where Mark Ruffalo is at his... He's having fun, you yeah. can tell. They give, him, they give him a lot to do yeah. in that regard. But uh, the Thor <laughs> part. So when they go to see Thor, this is where <laughs> I don't get the hate because this is so true to real life. Like, I've seen it happen. I haven't seen any hate about this. Uh, I've I, I've seen a few, but people, wow. but people hate people hate everything. It's 2019. People love to hate. Someone hates everything. Someone hates everything. Every everyone hates something. Yeah, That's what well, because they think it's fat shaming, but it's not. Thor is depressed. <laughs> yeah. rightfully so. Rightfully so. He has lost literally everything, and then half the universe, and everyone. Yes. So. Yeah, if, he goes into a drinking phase. <laughs> Let's and, call it that a phase. Yeah, we'll call it a drinking phase. And he's just pounding beers, gaining weight, playing Fortnite with Korg and Meek. God. Korg, I loved having him back. <laughs> Taika Waititi shout out. Um, but he's he's super depressed, um, and he does. It reminds me of myself when I get depressed. I mask it with comedy and friends and what seems to be happiness. And. It's another thing that catches you off guard about this movie is that it's a big, you know, at its core, it's a big CGI superhero movie with, you know, good versus evil. But they really touched on some emotional issues. And having Thor, who was basically the strongest Avenger, especially once he really tapped into his powers in Thor Ragnarok and then in Infinity War, he was just, he fully embraced his godhood. He was powerful as hell could basically do no wrong even though he'd lost so much but yet he his failure if if tony takes their failure in stride thor does the complete opposite like yeah. th- like you you would have thought for the longest time that tony would take the failure as they've like touched on his ptsd after the avengers a bunch of times in iron man 3 and then age of ultron and infinity war that he would really be down in the dumps but they do a full 180 on that and make thor just absolutely devastated and he just cannot function 
and it was it was something that really caught me off guard, but I thought was portrayed really well. And I don't think it was. You can just call it fat shaming and stuff, but like he it's not. he let himself go in all respects, physically, mentally. Just but people not do that about anything. Yeah, and it was. I thought it was a a great representation of something that affects a lot of people in a medium that you wouldn't necessarily think that it would show up in. And people want our heroes to be perfect all the time. Like if five years passes after a traumatic apocalyptic event, yeah, you don't think there's going to be a drastic change for certain people. Uh, uh, he, he did a full one eighty. Yeah. It, it, and, and he didn't want to do anything. It, he showed the perfect signs of a depressed person. Like, Thor, Absolutely. we need your help. We can take it all back. No, no, no. He's no, like, no, 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 no I'm no, just no. gonna play a PS4. I'm not. I'm not going back. That's it. I'm not doing it. Like, like he, I'm sure he knows in the back of his head he can help, but no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm done. Yeah, he still has the, he still has that power somewhere inside him, but he's he doesn't want to go looking for it. He wants something to do with it. Exactly. And I, although one of the good uh, side effects of that moment was, as he let himself go, he also let his, obviously his hair grow back. Which is cool because it was old Thor. Yeah, when he comes and out his, with that hair, the crowd's like, "Oh, it's bad." His I can't think of a better word, but his glorious braided beard. Like he I went heard, full Viking. Say, yeah, exactly. He went full Viking, and I love having that. Like Chris and, Hemsworth looking like a Viking is just a badass in itself. And I know we'll get we'll get there uh, soon, but without getting into it, I did like that by the end of the movie, where Thor you know, was powered up to fight Thanos. I thought for a second that he would just use his powers or use lightning to basically be ripped again and be like, I'm in top form. And they didn't do that in this movie. Yeah. So like, he's still like physically, I get like less than he was, but he's still like, he has his power still and he tapped into it and it didn't matter what he looked like. And I liked that they kept him that way at the end of the movie. His powers didn't come from washboard abs. Absolutely. I mean, fat Thor wields Molnir and Stormbreaker. He is not Skinny the Skinny Thor never had that. He is not the god of hammers or washboard abs, that's for sure. <laughs> nope, he's now the god of uh Yangling and uh <laughs> although I guess uh I didn't notice, but in the one shot he's drinking a beer that was like a local Atlanta beer, I think. Oh really? Yeah, where they had shot that movie. Too bad they didn't get them Foster's Australian for beer. Wonder if they did it. That'd point. be fantastic. They might have. <laughs> Uh, but the, yeah, so that Thor whole character I love, and I, and I want to give a quick shout out to my favorite unseen character, which would be Noob Master 69. <laughs> Thor, That's... the guy on the TV, he's back. He called me a dickhead again. <laughs> the, yeah, that was, it was just a great scene in it's, general. And yeah. I like that. Uh, I, well, and now that I'm thinking about it too. You know how they have the moment in, in Infinity War between Thor and Rocket where Rocket basically has to give Thor a pep talk? It was kind of yeah. nice that Rocket was – it was he and, and the Hulk that went to go try to get Thor back. Like it's nice that Rocket was there to like try to give him another pep talk. And back to this thing. The Russos know how to put characters together so well. They know Rocket and work. Thor are a match made in heaven. It's so crazy – would you have ever thought that? But Rocket and Thor are it, It'll be nice seeing wonderful. it going forward, too, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. which we'll, talk on, we'll touch on that more. <laughs> um, so the plan is, uh, like, the whole, like, what drives the plot forward is, so Scott gets out of the quantum realm, and he thinks that since five years have passed, but he's only experienced five hours passing, that they can use it to time travel. 
and basically get the stones in past timeline, reconstruct the Infinity Gauntlet to to harness the power and undo what Thanos did. So, what do you think about them having that plan and then going to Tony because they know that he's the one that can probably you know, fulfill that plan and see if it goes anywhere. Logical. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's another thing that Russo's do is what's the first thing he would do. Paul Rudd, who should we talk to about this? Um, Tony Stark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like it's just, it's just logical. It makes sense. Um, and plus if, if you're going to, if you're going to do this, you need everybody. You need to be together. You need the whole team. You got to talk to them. Th- you got to talk to Tony. Um, and when they go to see Tony, I, I love that scene so much because it's the part where um, Tony's looking at Ant-Man and he's like, wait, time out. Can you tell me you're basing your entire theory on Back to the Future? <laughs> they totally discredit Back to the Future. Yeah. Like, he's hey, like, let's uh, shit on Back to the Future for a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Is it a time heist? Yeah, I love he's this, like, yeah, the time heist. Yeah, he's like, uh, I'm not basing it off that. No, he's like, good, because you had me worried there for a moment. <laughs> Well, at, at first, too, what's interesting is, as we touched on with Tony's new life with Pipe, with Piper, with Pepper and his daughter, is uh, he refuses at first. He 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 says, "No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to basically rejoin the Avengers." Well, and he, he has so much to lose now that he doesn't want to get rid. Of, he doesn't want a chance getting rid of it. He's got his quiet lake house. He's got Pepper. He's got his kids. What happens if he fucks with time and loses that? You know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. Now it's, this is before you obviously know the way that the Marvel universe is going to use time, mm-hmm. but the audience is thinking the same thing as Tony. Like, yeah, like I don't shit, blame him. man. He can't lose this. Yeah. He, he yeah. finally built his life after losing everything with the Avengers and they want him to risk it. And so at first I understand why he wouldn't want to want a chance that or mess with it. But we at this point we know Tony. He cannot leave it. He can't bury it, like he says that he could, and right. that's what brings him back. And finally, we get that reunion, that good reunion of like camaraderie with uh, Tony and Cap. And by the way, um, on multiple viewings, I caught this. Um, there's a point where he says, "Part of me wants to take this time machine idea." And just bury it in the bottom of the lake. Yeah. And no one has to ever know about it. And Gwyneth Paltrow says, yeah, you can do that, but will you ever rest? Mm-hmm. I know where you're leading. Yeah, and I'm like, holy shit. I thought this of that movie, after seeing the movie. This movie foreshadows so much, and you don't even realize that it's right in front of you. Um. So so moving on from that, I have to mention that. Yeah. Um, and I have to That's touch on. I, I have to touch on one more thing before they all get together. Because mm-hmm. when we were talking about Ronin, I, I just I have to say it before it passes. The one take shot in Tokyo with Ronin was fucking awesome. The John Wick one take yeah, scene for sure. Yeah, he just goes full badass with the sword and just like I don't know. It just looks super John Wick to me, and I loved it. It it was shot yeah. well, and he's a badass in the entire scene. And yeah, they they made they transformed his character to uh from the family of ham to the uh assassin he was with and the mohawk they... and a sleeve tattoo yeah <laughs> that's what he did yeah. for the five-year <laughs> intervening period he's like i'm yeah. gonna get a sleeve yeah uh, it's a good look for jeremy renner 
Yeah. I'll say that. It looks good. He was awesome the entire movie. Yeah. But uh, now that I've sidetracked, we're going to go back. All so right. you mentioned the Cap and Tony reunion that we, we had finally been waiting for. Right. Um. Yeah. It was great. Uh, I, and I love that neither of them had to... Let's see what this movie... These movies are so adult to me. They didn't need to address the Civil War stuff. They, they never once say... Tony, do you remember how I knew about this or that? They just, they're men. Yeah. They move on. Not only the three years in between Civil War and Endgame and, you know, in real life, but so much time has passed in the story that they just, they get back together and they're like, you know, you know, everything's under the, you know, water under the bridge. We got to focus on what we're doing to see if we can fix this. Yeah. And I like how they didn't dwell on it that, that long or, they didn't have major issues, and that also makes the scene in the beginning where Tony and Cap are still at odds a little better because they give it they give it some thought, but they don't dwell on it. Right. Um. So this brings us to uh, the fun stuff. Yeah. So we go full uh, full time heist here. Full Viking. Full Let's... Vikings. <laughs> they uh, they design a time travel suit. Mm-hmm. Which looks pretty baller, I must say. They have like Avengers uniforms finally. <laughs> yeah, Avengers time travel uniforms, and this is there's a scene where they finally establish their time travel rules, which is very important to understand to yeah. not lose your shit mm-hmm. as you're going through this movie, because no time travel movie is perfect. It, when you know you're doing time travel, you know there's going to be stuff. Right? right. You have to. You have to. You have to define it. You have to establish some rules and. I've always believed that if you if you establish good rules, you can break them from time to time at your leisure. Yeah. And people won't lose their minds. Well, sane people won't lose their minds. So they established that they were talking about how Rhodey has a great line where he's like, why don't we go back and find baby Thanos? And, you know, <laughs> kill him. Smother him. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, the, it's the Hitler theory, basically. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Bruce is like, first of all, that's awful. And he's like, and second of all, time doesn't work that way. If you go to the past, that becomes your new future. Yeah. And if you affect that, that can't change your the, now the present. Present. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, okay, so you wrap your head around that, which sounds confusing, still coming out of my head, but it's it's kind of confusing. But yeah. But essentially, you're going to different dimensions. You're making changes, and when you come back, you're not changing your timeline. Is your timeline? You're not changing it. You're changing going, another timeline. They're just going to alternate timelines, yeah. to which is essentially, them, and then. FYI, a theory that I kind of suggested in our theory podcast was, hey, they're not going, they're not sliding through time as if you're going, like, you're on a ruler and you're jumping different, you know, measurements. You're, you're, it's like you've got six rulers and you're jumping from, from one to the other, from a foot to six inches on a different ruler. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're just jumping. I don't, is that a good analogy? I I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> we, I mean, if it's not Let's a good get analogy. Let's shit then, out of here. Yeah. yeah. But no, I understand what you're saying is they're not going to their past and changing it so they come back to the future and the future is totally different. They're yeah. going to other universes, other timelines to affect those timelines, bring items, bring, in this case, the Infinity Stones, into their timeline and fix it, and then return them. So it's basically like you jump into another dimension and steal a cup, use that cup to drink a glass of water, and then you go back to the dimension and put it back. Right. 
So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. It's a lot to get your head around, absolutely. But there's at least some basic logic and rules that are established that you can go forward with the plot. And the the best way that they kind of reduce it down for the audience is there's a point in time where they're naming off movies. Like, come on, haven't you seen like Hot Tub Time Machine and like all this stuff? Hot Tub Time Machine. And uh, whenever <laughs> uh, Banner's like, I don't know why everybody believes that. This isn't how time travel works. That's in the movies. <laughs> yeah, and that's where Scott Lang's like, so uh, Back to the Future's a bunch of bullshit? <laughs> and you're like, okay, yeah. So that, that if, if you didn't already get it, that's where they kind of really establish it right there. Yeah. Um, and so they they kind of sit around and they yeah they theorize about you know which times were the stones in certain places. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a funny moment where they realize that there's three stones and one on Earth right at the same time. Yeah, there's three stones in New York at one time. It was the um, the Battle of New York, the Space Stone and the Reality S- Stone and Time or Stone, the, the Time Stone, the Time Stone, Space Stone, and Space Stone, and the Mind Stone, and the Mind Stone yeah. that Loki had. That's right. So it was the Scepter, the Tesseract, and then. Bleecker Street had the time stamp. The ancient one, yeah. Yeah. So um, they break them into teams. Again, Russos are so good at pairing people together. Oh, yeah. Because you've basically got Thorn Rocket going to... To Asgard. To Asgard. In 2013, so basically yeah. the Dark World. The Dark World. You've got Cap, Iron Man, Ant-Man, and Hulk going to the Battle of New York. to get To get all three of them. To get all three. And then you've got Hawkeye and ScarJo paired to go to Vormir. Talk about a lucky pairing. Uh, and uh, War Machine and Nebula. War Machine Morag. and Nebula going to Morag. So it's it's really cool to see them all break up that way. And the first time that they all hop in that time machine is fucking cool. It is really cool. Yeah. And if you think about the pairings, just real quick, quick going through them, they all make sense. Rocket needs to give the pep talk to Thor again. Uh Cap and Iron Man interacting with their, they have to be more so Iron Man because he <laughs> interacts with, uh, which which is cool. They brought back characters like Pierce, and uh, like Iron Man had to had to uh, interact with Robert Redford, Redford, and uh, Captain America had to steal the scepter, which was also a great moment. Yeah, we we gotta dive into some of this stuff. Dude. But so they had to interact with with characters. In New York, and it also led to um, one of the oddest pairings in the entire MCU that, for some reason, philosophically worked was the Hulk asking for the Time Stone from the Ancient One, who yeah. is still alive in 2012. Yeah. So that was just mind blowing. Like, and she said, "What? Well, you're you're five years too early looking for Stephen Strange." She had so much more screen time than you. I didn't think she was going to be in this movie at all. And they gave her so much to do in this movie, which was kind of cool. I love her character. She, she was pretty cool. She, I, I mean, I, I'm also a huge fan of Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange was like, a phenomenal. I, I love a that very movie. Good movie. Uh, so seeing her get a bunch of love and end game was just super cool. And, and the, you, you, you were getting matchups that you didn't know you wanted. Like, yeah, absolutely. you get the ancient one and the Hulk talking about realities. Like, that's fucking cool. Like you didn't know you wanted that. Like, like we were saying with Nebula and Tony and the Nebula yeah. war machine, it's just pairing it up that you don't realize is awesome until you're seeing it. And then the big pairing is obviously Nat and Clint. Yeah. Which we'll they haven't seen each other in so long, 
and they've had so much history as colleagues and like you kind of got the vibe and maybe in the first vendors that they were like romantically involved at some point but they totally make their relationship more uh more of a friendship and more complicated like they're they have each other's backs and it's nice that they pair them together in this movie because they haven't been on screen together in so long that you get you get a satisfying conclusion to their time together, which is a crazy ass scene in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's just, I could go on and on about the pairings. <laughs> so I love duos, but that brings us to yeah. how do you feel about the struggle that Clint and Nat experience together deciding who is going to sacrifice themselves for the soul stone? Um, it was like, it was hard to comprehend when I first saw it because so much is going on. You're like, wait, oh shit. Someone's have to sacrifice themselves. Yeah. What are they going to do to get around? This was my thought. Like something's going to happen where they don't have to do this. Which was, it was kind of weird because you think Nebulas knows so much about, uh, Vormir. You think that before they went off. Yeah. But to be fair, she would say something about it. She didn't know a sacrifice had to take place. She just thought that he killed Gamora. Because even whenever yeah. Gamora and Thanos get there, Gamora knew the most about that stone out of all of them in Infinity War. And Gamora didn't know there was a sacrifice when they got there. That's true. So, so maybe Nebula. Nebula doesn't know this. She just knows it's a dark place. That's true. But she doesn't know. That's what I'm saying. They got incredibly lucky. Again, this is a a reality that Doctor Strange visualized. Yeah. Um. And but, again, sometimes things have to go your way. Uh, this is just how life works. Yeah. But it just so happened that the two people that really did love each other, Barton and yeah. Natalie, or Natasha, Natalie, Natasha <laughs> went. And the struggle was great. I mean, it just, it, what I, I read something <laughs> about this, that originally it was Clint who was supposed to die. Yeah. But then someone there said, don't take this moment away from Natasha. Yeah, because she's the Avengers, and she's the one who has so much red on her ledger. She's got such a dark past. She can she finally just, clear yeah, it out. She can finally clear it. She can take it all back, and she can make the sacrifice that can save the universe. Like that's and, that's her character, and that's her arc. And she knows, and it makes more sense if you think about it this way: that if they're successful, Clint has his family back, and he can have a future with them. And she knows that if they're successful, she still may have the Avengers, but. Clint has a better chance of having a future with his family and it makes her sacrificing herself all the more worth it. So, cause if, if Clint sacrificed himself and then all his family was brought back, then they'd be without him and she didn't want that to happen. So it made a lot more sense, which that really subverts your expectations because uh, as far as we know, black widow still has a, a movie coming out, you know, going into end games. So you're like, I wonder what's going to happen. And Hawkeye's, um, story it basically ends by the end of Endgame. Like his whole his whole character arc is has <laughs> been completed. So they, uh, I know hiccup. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good. So you think like maybe Hawkeye goes out, but they they totally you know flip that on his head and made Black Widow make the sacrifice, which was a powerful moment. Right. Yeah. I uh, it gets more powerful the more you watch it. It's it's just, there's a lot to take in when you see it the first time, but. The the thing that I caught on repeat viewings is when they're all on that platform, get ready to time travel, 
and they all flip on their mask and she goes, see you guys in a minute. Yeah, like, oh. I did. I did read that afterwards. I was like, "Oh shit!" Oh well, no, it hits so hard. If when you, you watch really it again. think about that, like think about how much time actually passes in this mo- in these movies. Like at the end of Infinity, from the end of Infinity War to when Thanos basically, yeah, he gets decapitated by Thor. It's only it's not even a month later in real time. In real time, yeah. So like she says, "See you in a minute," and then she never comes back, and it's like, "Oh shit!" Like. She fully expected to be back and be successful yeah. until the circumstances changed. Right. And it's just, it's crazy to think about. It's, yeah. It, so that, I mean, that death, it, the more you think about the movie, what's great is it, it just means more. And I think they sent her off the right way. Yeah. Uh, and it's just fitting that the person she got to say goodbye to was Clint. I know. I'm very glad they, they put them they both, together. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want her saying goodbye to anybody else. She had very nice moments with, with, uh, Captain America in earlier movies and kind of more and good ones in this movie at the start of this one they had a great moment together that scene where he comes to visit her and uh, she's basically you know broken but trying to soldier on like he is is a great interaction that calls back to their relationship that really evolved in the Winter Soldier and they became great friends and it's nice to see that pay off again she's so good at she acts very well in this movie like her acting is great she's very on point it it, it reminds me how much you're losing by losing scarlett johansson yeah going forward it's gonna be weird having movies without black widow in it because she's been she's been a constant in these movies for sure and and she's along that note of she was never heavy-handed female character she was just a great character she's all yeah she's you never thought about her you know as oh here's the girl thing no no, like she was was just just a a badass she's part of the team yeah and she's always been that way, and she's served her purpose, uh, whatever it is, in all the all of the movies, and has had a great character arc that unfortunately has ended. But yeah. it, she went out in, a, in the greatest way possible to save the rest of her teammates. She still has my favorite fight scene of the first Avengers movie, at the beginning, which is when she's the... uh, getting the call from uh, Coulson, and she's oh beating up the Russian beat guys. people up with yeah, a chair. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's so so badass. Um, but so yeah, so and we so that that's what happens on uh, Vormir. Yeah. Uh, Battle of New York. I got tons of shit to say about this because there's there's some oh it's just being back there is so cool. It, right it was it all cool. started. Um, but <laughs> they uh, yeah, you go to the Hulk and Ancient One. They have to talk about the stones, elaborate more on realities and time and all that. And that's where you get the sense that Strange has a plan. Because the way to give the time stone up, or to convince the ancient one to give the time stone up, yeah. time stone up, because she's <laughs> not going to give it, um, is to tell her, you know, Strange gave it up. And she's like, what did you say? And yeah. he's like, Strange gave up the time stone. And she knows, because she can see the future, that Strange is meant to be the best of all of them. So if he and she realizes up. if he gave it up, he gave it up for a reason. Yeah, and she has faith they will they will then bring it back and and that Strange is working with them. She knows they mean what they say. It is, um, yeah. and it's the one time you get to see Mark Ruffalo in the movie. Yeah, because she hits him and gets his uh, his soul out of his body. <laughs> yeah. and you're like, oh, Mark Ruffalo. Oh you're, yeah, you're, you're yeah. still in there. It would have been great if she had uh, knocked his astral form out and it was just Hulk. So you had Hulk. I said soul, astroform. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, yeah, I know. No, no, I, I, I'm, I'm mad at myself for not remembering Instead of that. Bruce Banner, and Hulk just had a reason with her with his Hulk uh, His voice Hulk and, voice, yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, he doesn't really have a Hulk voice. It's Mark Ruffalo. So, um, 
And so yeah, Battle of New York. So then, so the Battle of New York's going on. They uh, they're going after the stones. They have uh, it's it's cool because you get to see like almost like deleted scenes from Avengers. Yeah, it's the <laughs> like after they capture Loki. Uh, there's that famous shot of all six Avengers, you know, Loki's He's like, I'll like, have that drink. I'll now. have that drink now. But then the scene doesn't end and there's other stuff after it. And you're like, this is weird because I've seen this movie a thousand times and, and never saw it. Keep going. There's like additional footage. Like, and what Tony, is this? <laughs> Tony even says like, all right, let's stop posing up a storm. Yeah. Like he literally says that. And you're like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. <laughs> and he makes Hulk take the stairs. Yes. Which is fantastic. So many stairs. <laughs> yeah. And then you realize like, no, Hulk could always talk. Yeah. Yeah, but he he barely did in that movie until they Besides they added these additional scenes. Yeah, yeah, but uh, they make him take the stairs, and there's this awesome scene where Cap gets in the elevator with all of the Shield guys. There's a funny callback where Tony goes, "They're Shield, but they're actually Hydra." We didn't know that yet. Oh right. And uh, Scott Lang's like, "They look like bad guys." Yeah, <laughs> which is so true looking back. They all look super sketchy. As as soon as they got in the elevator and the people started getting in with the scepter, the first thing I thought was, does anyone want to get out? Yeah, before but before we get started, would anyone better. like to get off? Yeah. So the, and they're purposely doing that. The Russos are doing that on purpose. He gets on. He's like Rumlow, <clears> and he gets in the back. And the way it's the same shots. It's the same shots oh, as Winter Soldier. Yeah. He's standing perfect there. The guy's got his hand on his gun. He's surveying the elevator, and I'm like, he's gonna fucking say it. He's gonna say it. And instead, he leans in to the one guy, and he goes, it's okay. Hail Hydra. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah, that's so awesome. Which is a great callback to, uh, they did that with Captain America in the comics of him like being him a saying Hydra. Hail Hydra yeah. Yeah. And just having that moment, it was was amazing and totally, again, subverted my expectations yeah. on what would happen there. And the the other best part of it is the character development that that is. Cap isn't fighting with his fists anymore. He's fighting... Like he's smart. He's smarter. He's more tactical. And he's like Hail Hydra. Like he he is. He's <laughs> just grown so much as a character. But then he does have to fight himself, which is pretty yeah. great. And another character growth moment is when he sees himself. His first words are, "You got to be shitting me." And you're like, "Whoa, <laughs> Language. Steve, you kiss your mom with that mouth?" <laughs> yeah. And uh, the first thing that the uh, the old school Cap says is, "I have eyes on Loki." Yeah, and which. Uh, explains why the old Captain America could be like, oh, it's, it's just a trick or whatever. And you knew they were going to call back the line in Endgame. You knew they were going to call it back, but the uh, the 2012 Cap knocks him down, and he's like, I can do this all day. And Steve Rogers like, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> it's just so – the whole it's so perfect. Like, if you could picture the two seeing each other, like the old and new Cap, it goes exactly like, like you think He's mellowed out for sure oh, in the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. And – uh the way he stops the fight is amazing by saying, hey, Bucky's alive. Because yeah. he knows his old self will be like, oh, what? shit, what? Really? Yeah. Yeah, and then he hits him with the uh, the scepter and takes him out. Um, So then the other thing that happens before they all return to Stones is Nebula is captured by Thanos. Yeah, so a big moment is Nebula. There's some great dialogue with her in the War Machine. I yeah. love when War Machine, like, they're, first off, they go back to playing Red Bones, come and get your love, and you get to hear Peter Quill singing. <laughs> Which is a great callback. You get to hear Peter Quill singing with his headphones on, but you hear it from the other perspective of not, like, the actual music playing, but him, like, come and get your, and you're like, oh, wow, he looks like an idiot. So he's just an idiot, yeah. Yeah, so he's an idiot. 
Um, but when they go to get the stone out, Don Cheadle's like, well, aren't there spikes or something that's going to come out and get you, like Indiana Jones Temple style? Doom. And he was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> they have great moments Yeah, it's together. just so perfect. But then one of the greatest things about this, and I, it was totally not my idea, but I have to bring it up, was that because Nebula is in 2014 in two different places, her cybernetics start malfunctioning, and Thanos can see what's actually happening to right. the present Nebula, what she has seen, and he basically finds out that the Avengers are trying to undo his plan. So this version of Thanos is obviously still alive, but he hasn't fulfilled his mission yet, and he he basically finds out that he does it, but the Avengers are trying to undo it, so he's trying to stop them before they can do it. And the great analysis of this was that basically... Thanos has a Spaceballs moment where he's watching the movie as it's happening. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he basically gets to see the events of Infinity War and Endgame up to that point back when he's supposed to be in Guardians of the Galaxy, the first movie. So he's, like, watching the movie as it happens, and it's like he has a bootleg copy of the movie. (laughs) I know. It's so great. But it's got such moments for his character, too, because there's a point where he watches himself get beheaded. And, and without, he's missing, without missing a beat, he just goes, that's destiny fulfilled. And you're <laughs> like, this dude is a badass. Like, he just, he has a mission, and he's going to do it. He doesn't care. There was a huge difference in characterization in Thanos in the two movies. Like, Well, because in Infinity War, you've got the calculated, um, very he's more methodical he's man. He's more driven to, by his goal. But five years or four year, four or five years before that, he's, he's still, still conquering a ruthless planet. warlord. He's he's conquering planets. He's a completely different kind of person. So um, you 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 get both versions yeah. of Thanos, and I get to see Ebony Maw again, my favorite Black Order member. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Yeah, the, the, all four of them coming uh, using Nebula's you know the the pin particles for travel to basically come to the present and fuck the Avengers up. Yeah. So it's one of those other shit moments where he catches Nebula and the old Nebula takes a piece of her, um, the piece of current Nebula's um, head like plate and yeah, puts it on her hers to match her. And she actually goes back in time posing as modern day Nebula. Yeah. And, but the thing that you have to remember is before Thanos comes and they start destroying the Avengers, one very important thing happens. Even though they've lost Nat, they have all the stones. Yeah. And Iron Man has constructed basically a piece of his armor as a new gauntlet to harness the power of the stones. And even though there's no Hulk out in this movie, you get a very different Hulk. You get... Ruffalo in his astral form, you get Hulk being perfectly balanced, like between his rage and his intellect. Hulk does the most important thing in this movie. Probably he uses his, he uses his strength instead of for brute, like anger fueled force towards calculated decisions. Like he uses his strength with his intellect and he doesn't know, what the effect of bringing everyone back will be. So he basically sacrifices himself too before he knows that it, de- it definitely damages him, but he can take 
the radiation of it because as he says it's mostly gamma radiation so he basically absorbs it but the hulk i feel like it's overlooked a little bit and i'm not the biggest hulk fan in the world but i have to point it out that hulk is the one that actually brings everyone back yeah but that another great thing about this movie is that's the big victorious moment up to this point yeah but it's destroyed in a half second by thanos appearing and blowing up the compound to where what follows, you kind of forget that everyone's back. Like, Hulk succeeded. They immediately attack, and they're in deep shit again. And like you said before about Inception or Interstellar, you're like, well, how the hell do they get out of this? Right. And it makes you forget that all the fallen heroes are already back until they come back, which right. is a great thing that yeah. they do in this movie. Yeah, they there's an amazing shot where Hulk's left arm is basically fucked. Yeah. I'm sorry, no, it would be his right. His right, yeah. Tony's uh, gauntlet is the right hand. Yeah, so it's his arm is destroyed, and he's laying there, and he's in pain, but he's feeling the comfort of, you can see the birds outside, you can see that it most likely worked. Yeah. Now, that's the thing, is you never get full confirmation that it worked. Ronan's getting a call from there, his wife. There's no time. But but there's really no time to it. know if everybody's back, if it fully right. worked. And he's looking up at the sky, and everybody's feeling good, and you just see a, one single missile dropping on them. Um, and, they yeah, they just blow the shit out of the compound, and uh, they go out there, and Thanos is just sitting there, just waiting for them to come to him. He's so overconfident. He's that past self of he knows what's going to happen, but he can he can take advantage of that knowledge and basically strike head on and wipe out the offenders. And he says that before they have their battle is that his whole life goal was to eliminate half the universe so it can thrive at with, you know, they would take advantage of the full resources by only being half the population. But he realizes now that with the Avengers interference, he has to destroy everything and that's what basically is the conflict between him and based on the placement of the exploded building and where everyone is another great thing is he faces basically the trinity of the mcu and thor iron man and captain america it's those three versus thanos and their their fight the three-on-one fight where thanos is still clearly winning is one of the great visual aspects of the entire MCU, in my opinion, yeah, is just them taking on Thanos. And at this point, there's one thing we didn't touch on, but when Thor goes to visit his mom in the dark world, he gets a, a nice moment with his mom. That, yeah, that's true. That's um, a good way to bring her back. And it makes the dark world better. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does because she knows what's happening. She knows what's probably is about to happen, like in the events of that movie. Yeah. But she still takes Thor under her wing and gives him the advice he needs as her mother or has as his mother, sorry, to where he can regain, regain his strength. Right. So she like, so right before they go back in time, Thor reaches out his arm and he catches Mjolnir from he's the like, past. And he's oh like, shit, it's still here. You know, he's like, I'm still worthy. <laughs> and it, and so that bleeds into when what? they have the three on one fight. Yeah. He wields, he, he calls Mjolnir and Stormbreaker, and it's so badass. It's a great visual He's moment. got the braided beard. 
And you're full like, Viking. Yeah, he goes full, full Viking. Lightning. And you're like, you know what? <laughs> Fat Thor is even more badass. He was phenomenal. Washboard abs. Yeah. And he, yeah, he was definitely worthy. And this is where the movie now, like the movie's already had some oh shit moments. Yeah. But this is where the movie just loses its fucking mind. And you're in the theater like, am I at a movie or a rock concert? Because it was an event for sure. Yeah. It, it, it's something that I would, I, I've heard this said before. It's the greatest hour in a comic book movie ever. Um, I, I don't know how you can disagree with it, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's because everything from the point that Thanos wrecks the compound and the three of them come out to fight, to fight Thanos from then from there to the end of the movie, you can't, I just, I, there's no dispute. Yeah. I, I don't know what's better than that. And everybody looks their best, in my opinion. Like, Iron Man's got his his, his coolest suit. Absolutely. Cap's got my favorite with the scales. It's just... And he's got it. He's got his full mask on again. He's He is Captain America. He's got the shield from Tony. Yeah. Thor has both Mjolnir and Stormbreaker. He is ready to go. You get all three of them at their peak, fighting the peak villain in the entirety of the MCU. Because not only is this Thanos, who is ultra powerful, but it's ruthless. You know, he hasn't lost Gamora. He hasn't uh, felt the weight of killing so many people. Like, this is ruthless as hell, Thanos. Like, peak Thanos against the peak versions of the three main Avengers. It's like, you, you can't ask for more until you get more. Yeah. And I love that both movies have two different versions of Thanos. Yeah, because... It's great. The, like, it's a thing where he's still the villain. I don't know if it's a good thing to feel sorry for him, but you can tell that the weight of the world is on his shoulders. Yeah. So he is he is buried by that in Infinity War. But in Endgame, he hasn't experienced any of that yet, so you get the full, basically, pure evil in alien form. Yeah. And this is going to... I have to start talking about it now. All right. The the My favorite... I mean, it, it, it it's a scene I'll never forget in the movie. Basically, Thor is being held down and Thanos is trying to drive Stormbreaker into his chest. And you see his hammer start to lift from the side. And I'm like, okay, Thor He's is calling, calling the hammer with his so, other yeah, hand right. to hit him. The hammer hits Thanos... And then misdirects to go the other way. And I'm like, where's it going? And Captain America catches the hammer. And when that happens, every single showing I go to, the theater just loses their minds. It's it's crazy how that happens. And you're like, this is the greatest moment in all the MCU. But you don't realize when you're watching it the first, for the first time that there's like three or four moments after that that subsequently become the greatest moment in the MCU. And the, the best part about the hammer catch is there's times where you watch a movie and you're, you're waiting for certain spoilers, spoilers to happen. And you're yeah. like, okay, he's going to get the hammer in this movie. He's going to get this, get that. By this point in the movie, like you'd forget all about that. You, you're, you're there's like, so what's going on going with on Thor? You can't, he catches the hammer and you're like, Oh shit, there was a possibility he could wield mold here. And he has it. That, like, that's what? like, you were, you're just saying that he, that Thor getting Mjolnir back in Asgard in 2013 was like basically like confirming that Thor is still worthy. Like he's fine, but you don't think for one second 
that Cap is going to wield it at the end of the movie. Yeah. You're not like, okay, he got that back, so yeah. Cap can it's have misdirection never, for, never in the that. best way possible. Yeah. And he doesn't just catch the hammer. Like, he uses that thing like a badass. He, <laughs> he yeah, he uh, spins it. He throws it at Thanos' face. He uppercuts him. Like, he, he uses knows the, lightning. the full, yeah. He used, yeah, he even calls the lightning. Like, he knows what to do with that, now that for sure. That was one thing where after the movie, I was like, that was badass. But I was like, did they give him too much power? Because I was like, how can he do the lightning? He's not the god of thunder. But then I went back and I, I realized that in the first Thor, there was a spell put on it that whoever wielded it had the, had power. the power of Thor. Yeah. So he had, so he had the powers. Power for... of Thor. Which explains why later on in that fight, he catches Stormbreaker. <laughs> Thor was like, no, no, no. You get the little one. Yeah. Yeah. Like he can, he has the full power. Um, but then even with having the hammer, Thor or Thanos starts kicking his ass and breaks the shield in half, <coughs> which was, which is a crazy moment too. If we, if you think about it like, at the, that point, I'm like, no, the shield has Cap's been such die. an icon for yeah. these movies and Cap finally gets it back in, in uh end game. And to see it shattered, it's like, but nothing can break it but vibranium, yeah. right? But he, but Thanos doesn't care. He just destroys it. And at that point, you're like, his his arc is closed. He's worthy. He caught the hammer. You know that he he's done so much. You're like, if he dies here, it makes sense. So you're you're on the edge of your seat. Like, oh, Cap's gonna die. Yeah. Um. So he is just. He gets he, he gets up. He's writhing in pain. And that's when you all of a sudden Thanos says he's gonna he's like I'm gonna enjoy like destroying this planet like it's personal to him now and it bears mentioning too that I believe this was taken from the Infinity Gauntlet comic too which is it's not word for word dialogue but Iron Man is down he's been fighting Thanos but he's down Thor is also down Cap's shield has been broken he still has his Mjolnir but he's he's basically defeated right now. As soon as Thanos' army, the Black Order, the Outriders, all these, the giant Chitauri uh, space slugs and all that stuff come down to basically destroy the entire world, Cap is still standing to face all of them until his dying breath. And that, if, if that's not the perfect personification of a, of a comic book character, of any comic book character, then I don't know what it is because... They got that so correct about Cap's resolve that he could fight a thousand of those things, and he's still gonna he's gonna stand until he can't stand anymore. Right. And there's like that sweet mosaic shot of him standing there yeah. and the entire army. It's on the one other versus side. a million, and but... it's like it's like shot in the style of that of the Valkyrie scene in Ragnarok. Yeah, it's just like a straight mosaic of like this entire army with the light, the clouds, the smoke, and then. Captain America, and you're like, but it's important shit. that he's gonna face it anyway. But the good thing is, like he he'll face it alone. But the good thing is, is he doesn't have to, right? Because and what that's the point next, of all these movies. <laughs> what happens next, though? I'm gonna fully admit, made me tear up with joy. Oh yeah, just Cap is ready to face everyone, and. And Falcon comes, comes onto, his his, onto his calm, yeah. And that moment of Falcon trying to come in, and then 
he finally says on your left. Yeah. Which is the great I know it's, the Russos it's did such, those movies. Such but a good callback. The greatest callback to any of those movies because it was a perfect part of their relationship in the Winter Soldier. And for him to say that and all the heroes start coming out was It's amazing. The was my favorite scene in the whole movie. Yeah. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like, the way the heroes could have come back in this movie could have been so cheesy, so by the book. and like, They could have just appeared again, randomly. This, there's just so much thought into these Russo movies where, of like, it, you couldn't have come up with a better way to start bringing everybody back. Who you forgot are back, by the way. Yeah, that, exactly what I was saying was there's so much going on between Hulk bringing everyone back and them actually coming back into the scene that you forget that they're there. Yeah. You forget that they're alive and they can come back. And you hear on your left and you're like, wait, um, fuck. I was like, shit. Oh my gosh. And, a portal, and yeah, the portal opens and out comes the first three walking out is Black Panther. Which was, a, it was so significant. So cool. Black Panther. And you can see in the background, you can see Wakanda. You realize that they, you know, they came back from where they were dusted. They came back to Wakanda. They're coming back in. The And uh, then like. 20 portals open 20 of these dr strange portals and it also reinforces that dr strange knew this he knew this was a possibility he knew he needed to get everybody there to that one spot to fight so he's opening all these portals yeah and he comes out and then you see the guardians you see star lord fly out all the people from titan you can see in the background titan you can see it spider and when spider-man swings in the whole crowd loses their shit yeah everyone's a big fan of spider-man oh yeah 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 so, Ed, but but it doesn't just stop there. Like those guys come out, and you're like, okay, all the main people that you love are out. And then out of nowhere, you see Wasp show up. You all see you see Valkyrie coming about. out with her Pegasus and the Asgardians that are left. All the Ravagers. All, all the Ravagers. All the Wakandans. All the uh, all the Sanctum people that were with Wong. They Even ha- f- they have a legit army now. Fucking Howard the Duck. <laughs> It's, yeah, I forgot scene? about that. Uh, yeah. yeah, how are the ducks in there? It's everybody, and then then all of a sudden, I know you want to talk about this a lot. There's a point where, you know, they're all coming out, and then Pepper lands as yeah. rescue in the Iron Man suit, and you're like, "Holy shit, they, this they is insane!" And then Wong looks at Doctor No uh, Doctor Strange. Strange looks at Wong, and he's like, "Is that everyone?" And he's like, "What you wanted more?" And that's where you mentioned I, it's. I love that because I. I thought that that may be a dig at like the heroes from Netflix or from the TV shows. That like what you movies. wanted those guys but too. It's such a great like little <laughs> jab at the audience being like, look at all these fucking people. And it's like, yeah. like, yeah, we can have more, but like appreciate what you have. Do you it need makes you, more. It makes you appreciate. It's like, there's like, like just thinking about if you, if you take one part of that scene, just thinking of Ant-Man, Growing up, like, growing well, see, that's the, big... the that's the irony right there. It's yeah. like what you wanted more, and the next thing you see is Giant Man. Yeah, Giant Man with War Machine and Rocket Raccoon in his hand. Just the just that trio in general. It's like, and Thor, what more and could you Hulk want from this the movie? Other. Yeah, and then you have Rocket sitting on War Machine's shoulder with a gun, and you're just like, <laughs> "Fuck me!" And that leads, and that to leads quite to possibly. Yeah. So then you see, and it, there's the a great moment. shot where you see Cap standing there. And his face looks turns from despair to like confidence and just ready for battle. Like his face, and you see it. You just see Cap's face change. Like, all right, let's fucking do this. 
and it cuts to Thanos and Thanos, Thanos's face is a little more like, Oh shit. <laughs> oh shit. That's a there, lot of people. <laughs> there is a nice little moment too, that when they show all the Avengers and cap finally says Avengers assemble mm-hmm. as soon as he, as soon as the, hammer comes back to him yeah the hammer comes back to him before he says it you can yeah which is just great setup but you can see iron man behind him yeah looking at cap like you're the leader of the motherfucking avengers let's go yeah i just like that little moment of like tony being like you've got the hammer you got the army let's go and i'm telling you a nice little moment on repeat viewings, that scene does not lose that effect. It gets it even more because you're catching more of those little things. When when he reaches out and catches that hammer, like on a repeat viewing, you know what's coming, so you're ready to go. Yeah. And the second he says assemble, and then Thor just screams, and they all run. <sighs> just, I have to say, from Sam coming in and saying, on your left, all the heroes coming in to up to Avengers Assemble is the greatest sequence in any superhero movie that I could ever ask for. And they, they held off on saying it for however, however many movies and they did it perfect in this movie. And it's a moment that I will never forget. And I don't think can ever be duplicated by anything Marvel or DC or any other company tries to do. And it was handled perfectly. It's a great moment. And it's literally like you could feel from the beginning shot of Iron Man in 2008 to that moment in Endgame. You could feel the entire weight of the MCU all together, and it paid off spectacularly. Yeah. And it, I, I couldn't ask for anything more. And that's why I say, I said to you immediately, I'm like, this is a, it did everything right. It's a perfect movie for me. Yeah. Yeah. And. uh so diving further into the fight, you know, you get a million amazing little things. You get Drax stabbing like crazy. You get Giant you get Man. Giant Man just punching Stomping people. You get yeah, fucking, punching the slug. You I get the Spider Man, Iron Man Regan where, you know, Tony brings him in for a hug. He's just so happy to see him. You get uh you get cool running into past Gamora yeah. who hits him in the nuts just like just like you would expect it to happen. Um, I mean, you sh- the the amount of things you get in that fight, you can't even possibly touch on all of it. You know, there's a point in time where uh, um, Steve goes, "Hey, Queens," to Spider Man, and he throws Mjolnir, and Spider Man so rides Mjolnir with his web, <laughs> and then he rides the, the Pegasus with Valkyrie. It's just, and he, he does goes into instant kill mode with his thing. Finally, the finally yeah, instant, kill mode. instant kill mode. Um, and then there's a point in time where you finally see Scarlet Witch's full power on display and she's got Thanos and Thanos knows he's fucked. So he calls down to rain fire, even on his own troops. And that's where finally Captain Marvel makes her entrance. Who was conspicuously absent for most of the movie, which yeah. I, I haven't had a great first impression with her character and Captain Marvel and Endgame, So I wasn't really upset by it, but it was kind of, it was kind of weird that she wasn't really around for the most of the If movie. you have her there, could... she's solving all your problems for you. That's which is, true. Which is, it's the Superman problem. That's Yeah, you're right. So they're handling, I, again, they're handling characters the best that they can. Um, Absolutely. So she, so she comes through and she just destroys Thanos' ship. Um, and she's doing all this stuff. 
they have they're passing around the uh the Tony gauntlet kind of as a keep away. Yeah. Uh and there's another great callback I remember in Civil War. There's a point where Clint says to Black Panther like I'm Clint. And oh, Black you're Panther's right. like I don't care. I don't care. But yet in when they're all passing around the gauntlet there's a point where Black Panther looks at him and he goes Clint Give it to me. You know, he's running he's with like, it. He, and, he, like, sees them as an equal, finally. Yeah, finally, they're on the same level. They're, yeah, circumstances and, uh, have changed. Yeah, it's just so many little things. And so they're running with it, and at one point, Captain Marvel gets it, and that's when they do the full A-Force thing with the girls, which I don't want to dive into it too much. It's a little hev- heavy-handed, the way they do it. It, f- it felt a little he- heavy-handed. But, you, but, but then you get lost in the moment when all of a sudden you're like, every single woman in the MCU but, ever... And walks th- with her and you're like okay there's a lot of female characters and think about it it kind of honors black widow a little bit because she's not there at this point right she's already passed like she's already died yeah so okoye saying she's got help yeah. isn't so much as like captain marvel needs the help it's that she's calling back to infinity war yeah when uh black widow said that scarlet witch wasn't alone and her and okoye would would basically help her so it's yeah. calling back to that female empowerment moment from Infinity War and like multiplying it like everything else in this movie by a, a thousand right. and having all the female which for for the record I would love to see an A-Force movie. Oh yeah. Because you have enough now that you can make an all female team and have them face whoever and it would definitely work. It it would kind of sucks that you don't have Scarlett Johansson anymore, but that could totally work and 100% Besides but, calling but, but back, it's not that ScarJo needs it, or you feel like, oh, she deserves it. Yeah, she was part of the original team. She was, you know, I mean, that's the thing is everyone has made an impact in such a way. No one, I, I don't think that anyone is short sighted. No, I think they're all and, used in the plot correctly and to the best of their ability. And moving forward, I have full confidence in in what they decide to do with the characters. Absolutely. Um. All right, so Captain Marvel, uh, she goes after Thanos, who then somehow secures the gauntlet. Um, and you finally get to uh, get to a point where she's kind of brought down to a normal level where she's fighting for the gauntlet. And she's, I mean, she's powerful. She's overpowering him. He grabs the power stone out from the gauntlet and punches her with it and just yeah. lights her day up. <laughs> and, and in a way, you're kind of like, okay, welcome to the team. Yeah. We've all had these moments. Now you finally get yours. Um, and that's whenever Tony looks at Dr. Strange and Dr. Strange just holds up the finger. I love he holds that up one because he can see, he can see that Tony's wheels are turning and Tony, he can see Tony's thought process and knows, Hey, he's thinking about doing this one thing he, that I know he needs to do. So that's when Dr. Strange gives him that extra, Hey, this is it by just holding up that one finger. And, it's kind of cool too because before that they meet up during the battle, and uh, Tony asks Doctor Strange, "Is this is this the one? Is this our chance?" And Doctor Strange is like, "If I tell you, it won't happen." Yeah, because he knows that Tony has to make yeah. the decision himself, and he never tells him, but he he lets him know, like, "Hey, you're you're thinking the right thing here. Yeah, you know you're I mean? on the right track." Yeah, it's the same as someone. It's it's basically their version of hot and cold, Tony. You're you're heating up, yeah. And then you get the thing is, is you have all these great moments throughout the movie before the end. You get, and then you get to the Trinity, 
fighting Thanos, you get on your left, you get all the heroes coming back, mm-hmm. you get Avengers assemble, and then the battle that's amazing afterwards, and then they totally throw you for a loop one more time. Yeah. With possibly the most it, it's I would say one of the saddest moments in the in the MCU, but one of the most satisfying and fulfilling. Yeah. Which was where Tony he goes to take the gauntlet <clears throat> and you see him struggling with Thanos to grab it. Thanos shakes him loose. And then Thanos goes to snap his fingers and he says, I basically like I am inevitable and he snaps and nothing happens. And he looks at the gauntlet and all of the stones are gone. And it's kind of a cool callback to whenever Tony kept trying to take the gauntlet from him in Infinity War. Yeah. But in this situation, he doesn't take the gauntlet. He takes the stones. And it just cuts to Tony, and Tony's got the stones molding onto his... Onto his suit. His suit. And I've heard people say, like, oh, so his suit can handle it, but yet he had to make a gauntlet? It's Tony Stark. He's always one step ahead of everybody. That's his, that's how his well, character's always been. He probably has both parts of his suit armed to handle the stones at any point in time. Well, if you think about it, the gauntlet, the gauntlet that he made... While it was separate as a gauntlet, it was still part of it's his, still part of it. It was still an suit, Iron Man yeah. suit, so exactly he can harness the power of the stones. Yeah, and as you see, using the stones still has its consequences yeah. because you can see why Hulk was the one who had to do it initially. Because Tony makes he, he makes his final he, he makes his makes, he makes his final statement, and he says the same thing he says at the end of his very first movie. And he says, "I am Iron Man," which is so perfect. It was a reshoot, by the way. I didn't know that. That was like filmed way that's the, after. That, so that's actually the very last thing they ever shot for this movie. Because they filmed Infinity War and Endgame together, right? So, well, they, they took a few weeks off then started Endgame. Yeah. So they filmed that entire scene, and originally he didn't say anything. And so they were at dinner with uh, Rob Downey Jr., and they're like, hey. I guess they what were in the if? editing room, and they were like, he needs to say something after that. Like, Tony should say yeah. something. And I think someone else in the room, it wasn't one of the Russos, was like, what about Iron Iron Man? And they're like, that's it. Like, that is it. He has to say that. And they actually couldn't, they were trying to talk Tony and, or Robert Downey Jr. doing it. And Robert's like, I've already done the scene. Like, I got to get back into a mental state of mind to yeah. do that again. I don't want to. And whoever he was with at the time was like, are you an idiot? Like, you, you have to, do, you it, have to sure. do this. And so it's a reshot scene. And it's the last scene they ever shot of him saying, I am Iron Man. And it's probably like, there's a lot of takeaways, but it's the, like the biggest moment of the movie and such a it, great line to end with. Well, the other thing it does is it bookends the Infinity Saga. Yeah. Because as you said, he said, he admits that he's Iron Man at the end of the, his first movie and he fully embraces who he is and the hero that he is at the end of Endgame by saying the same thing. It's like, it doesn't matter if you're inevitable. It doesn't matter if you're all powerful. I am Iron Man and I'll defeat you. Yeah. And, and, it, and, and after the snap, you can see his body is just fried. He's, he, he's destroyed. You, you know, the second that he collapses to the ground that he's done for. And the directors make a smart choice in that I am Iron Man is his last line because yeah, he, he is unable, he's unable to speak. He's so destroyed. I, I did really like that too, was after Thanos is defeated, which, it was kind of weird because all his minions and stuff, like, basically fade away very quickly. But Thanos is sitting there for a second. And you're like, did he snap away everyone but Thanos? So Thanos has to live with whatever. But he fades away too. He's failed. Yeah. So Tony gets rid of all of them. But I like that afterwards, 
it it goes very quick, but they still throw it in there and it works perfectly. Is like there's there's a there's dozens of heroes in this movie, right? And everyone mm-hmm. has a, a personal connection to uh, Tony, and you even see like Cap is happy that they won until he sees Tony. But the great thing about that is the first person over there. I don't know if it's the first, if the first is War Machine or Spider Man. War Machine is the first that goes up to see but him, but he doesn't even say anything. It's great because you obviously have to give Pepper a second because they've been together for so long. You have to give her like the final like it's okay, but they they give War Machine a moment with Iron Man, who, who they were best they were you know best buds the the whole franchise. They give Peter. They give Peter who finally stops calling him Mister Stark and he's like Tony, like we won. Like yeah. you get that moment, and then you get Pepper saying what you said before, which was the callback yeah. to before. You about can rest the plan. now. It's like you can finally rest. So even in that minute and a half scene, if if that of Tony like right before he dies, you give him a chance to be with War Machine. You give him a chance to give him a moment with Spider Man, and then you fi- and then you give him a chance with Pepper. So there's just so much fulfillment, and it's weird that like these movies will continue without Robert Downey Jr. And that's sad and it sucks. But if you think about it, I can't think of a better way to send off a character. Oh yeah. Like there's no way you can't kill him in this movie because it was perfect. And that's, that's where superhero movies in the past have, have kind of, I want, I don't want to say failed because I, I've, I've I've loved all the superhero movies I've seen, you know, but that's where they've, they've sort of faltered in a way in that this is the first time I've seen a good, I, Logan, Logan is one as well. It's good but, send off. Yeah, but but finally, you let a a character that everyone loved be sent off the right way when people loved him. Like he yeah. started on the scene great, and he left the scene great, and that legacy will always be there. He he made the sacrifice play. He had the badass moment of getting the, the gauntlet. He had the badass going away line. He got to say goodbye to those who were closest to him in the movies. And I can't think of a better way to send them off. They, they right. did it perfectly. Yeah. And so that, I mean, it's a heart-wrenching scene. Um, you then cut to, I mean, we're, we're going to kind of speed bag through it, but uh, yeah. his funeral, and it's a great shot where every single character is there I, at the I funeral. I love that scene too. Which was so great. And they just panned through everybody. They even have the kid from Iron Man 3 there. Um, the, the Russos even gave a little moment to... Uh, to Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch, who had a great, you know, chemi- really sh- chemistry or relationship in Age of Ultron. So you even call back to that. Like, even in that last scene where you're try- trying to tie up everything, they're still calling back and making these great, like, character moments to where you care about the characters. Right. And it's just very well done. It's great. So then, I mean, after the funeral, you cut to Thor, then uh, names Valkyrie the queen of Asgard, but just the lone queen. Um. She came through in the final battle. She definitely yeah. deserved it. And he decides to decide to stop being who he's meant to be and start being who he wants to be. Um, as Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, the As Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and I can't wait for that. I can't I, I, wait it's, for it's, Thor it's, it's could be, be more movie. perfect. When you saw how Ragnarok worked for him, you're like, yeah, he's, a, he's more of a Guardian than an Avenger. And it's I, I'm very – don't get me wrong. I'm very happy that James Gunn is going to be back to do Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But – with Thor in there now, you almost wish Taika had it. There's something about like director actor pairings are 
such a big thing in Hollywood. Yeah. Like, they're just duos that always work. And I just think that Taika and Hemsworth are just a match made in heaven. The two the two so, are perfect. I would love to see, like, a fourth Thor movie, but putting him in the Guardians of the Galaxy fixes that. Like, it does... It kills two birds with one stone, so you get more Thor, but you don't have to have more Thor movies, at right. least not going forward. And it's a great way to set up the future. Right. So then we cut to the big triumphant ending, which is Cap decides to go and return the stones. Right. Um, As he said he would. Now granted, if anyone wants to say what he he did all that himself, he needed a whole team to go get them. Well, they also have unlimited pin particles, and Cap can take all the time he needs yeah, to do so. Yeah, it was so. basically like his life's work after that. Yeah. Like it's, you, you don't know how long it took him to do that. That right. could be an entire series for how he did that. And, huh. and he, he had all the support and time he needed. Right. And then banner even says that he says for us, it'll be 10 seconds for him. It's as much time as he needs. Um, and when they go to bring him back, he doesn't come back on the portal. And there's a moment there that I totally missed. I should have known he wasn't coming back because when he hugs Bucky, Bucky goes, I'm going to miss you, buddy. Like, like he told, Bucky like already knows. He told Bucky what he was doing, and yeah. he told Bucky who's getting the shield. Like anyone thinking he shortchanged Bucky, they worked this plan out together. It's his best friend, of course. He knows what he's doing, so he doesn't come back. And all of a sudden, you just see some guy sitting on the bench in the corner. And oh. my first reaction was, "It's tiny, uh, tiny Steve Rogers is back." From a distance. Oh, like depowered yeah. Steve Rogers. Yes, but that's not the case at all because when Sam walks over, and by the way, a beautifully crafted, aged Steve Rogers turns Absolutely. and looks at him and says, Hi, Sam. It's uncanny how perfect it looks. Um, he just says, uh, and Sam's first words were, uh, when he sees he's an old man, he's like, did things go wrong or did they go <laughs> right? Um Pretty right, I would say. Pretty right, yeah. He put. He basically says he put, after he put the stones back, it's another great callback to Tony, and he says, which again, it, you solve all the problems of civil war without having to address civil war. Where he yeah. just goes, I try. I decided to try some of that life Tony had been telling me to to get. Absolutely. Um, he finally. Yeah. He didn't have anything to do anymore. He'd fulfilled his uh, duty to the Avengers, and he finally got what he deserved, honestly. Yes, exactly what he deserved. And uh, he has the ultimate, he gives, uh, he gets out the shield and he basically says to Sam, like, hey, try it on. And you're like, ah, I see what's happening here. <laughs> it feels like it was made for someone else. <laughs> yeah. And, and and that leads to a great line that you totally, you miss in the moment because you're yeah. just so taken. But on multiple viewings, you catch it. Sam basically goes, he goes, how's it feel? And he's like, like it's somebody else's. And he's like, it isn't. And that's where Sam goes, I'll do my best. Yeah. And then Rogers goes, well, that's why it's yours. Cause he get, cause he was, it was the same thing with him. He wasn't the strongest. He wasn't, you know, most made for war, but yeah. he would do his best. And that's why he got the captain America powers to begin with. And it's the same with Sam and Sam's been with him since the beginning. Yeah. I just want to say that I really, have always had like an affinity for, uh, the winter soldier. Mm-hmm. And even though he wasn't like a top tier vendor or anything, he's been featured a lot. I've really always liked Sam Wilson. Oh yeah. I love his character. So f- another great cast. Again, there's like hundred, almost hundreds of characters in Endgame, And they gave besides the on your left moment, 
like they had the time to give and uh, the benefit of a three hour runtime. They had the time to give Sam these great moments in the battle and after the battle where you basically make him Captain America going forward. Yeah. And I love that you said that Bucky already knows, or at least he infers what Cap's going to do and he's okay with it because right. I feel like a lot of people would rather have Bucky be Captain America as he was in the comics, but Sam Wilson also has been obviously, but Bucky doesn't need it. No. Bucky is who he is. He's the winter soldier. He's the white wolf. He's like, he doesn't need to be Captain America, but what that does with Sam is going forward. If there's more Avengers movies, which you know, there will be it, it elevates Sam's character to be even more important than he already was in his limited role because he's the new Captain America. And all, all the stuff aside about him being a black superhero and being like a, a role model and being like the epitome of America. Now that he's Captain America, like that's all great. And, it's wonderful representation if they keep going with him in the movies, but just giving his character that added importance of like the shield and like the moniker of Captain America was done perfectly in this movie. And I'm so glad that they're making Sam Captain America in the future movies over Bucky. Yeah. It's awesome. Um, and then there's another fun old man bit that I love where he's like, he sees that cap has a wedding ring. He's like, you want to tell me about her? (laughs) And Rogers is like, no, no, I don't think I will. No, I'm good. (laughs) I'll keep that. I'll keep that one for myself. And And then it it cuts to the scene of him dancing with Peggy. And I fucking called that. I called it. So glad that it happened. So perfect. I'm so glad that it didn't necessarily go the way that we thought of him, like being an alternate version of cap. But the stuff that he went through and defeating Thanos and basically like coming to the end of his time as an Avenger to finally get the life that he wanted from like 70 years ago was the ultimate reward of like being the leader of the Avengers. And it, I feel like there's a chance that you could bring Chris Evans back to be Captain America with all the time travel stuff in a future movie. But again, they gave him a complete arc that was perfectly done and I was completely satisfied with it. And yeah. the the fact that the closing shot of that movie are Cap and Peggy together makes or it means the whole MCU like as an entirety was worth it because you got moments like that. Yeah. And and they had no problem ending on quiet moments, which is what makes the MCU great is for all the big moments you had the great quiet character moments. Yeah, that's what the MCU balances so well is you get the epic costumes, characters, moments, battles, but none of none of these characters or few and far between these characters are written poorly. You right. have the character interactions, you have their relationships whether they're, you know, thought of as a, a lot or you know as like natural pairings or not they're they've been melt they've been molded perfectly to have every character has an arc has a motivation has interactions with other people that are just done in a perfect way yeah um yeah computers dying we gotta (laughs) wrap it up so 
Yeah, and 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 speaking of a perfect way, we'll consider that a way to end it. Absolutely. We'll get into more rankings and theories videos for MCU moving forward. Oh yeah, we we definitely I would we definitely. be totally down for. You could, I mean, there's so much you can do with rankings or just general yeah. opinion about the movie. So, and we'll dive into that. Yeah, but for now, we'll stop it here with a full load of Avengers Endgame spoiler talk. So much spoiler. Talk. Yeah, so much spoiler talk, but. We'll definitely. You need to see this movie again. I definitely have to see I'll it see again. It the fifth time, <laughs> but it's uh, it was worth the wait, and I'm excited to see what the, we do. Yeah, the most completely satisfied expectations yeah. wise I think I've ever been in a movie. And Spider-Man Three PTSD. Goodbye. Yeah, it's finally gone. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> Until we see it again. Until we see it again. But uh, yeah. So we'll sign off from there. But uh, until next time, Chris. Until next time, Skyler. Goodbye. But...